we're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers. My guest today is Daystorm Power. Yeah, what's up, man? How Thanks you? for coming on. Yeah, early in the morning. <laughs> early in the morning, that's right. So, um, funny thing, Daystorm and I met about um, 10 years ago. Back then, I knew Daystorm as a recording artist. Yep. You've had a little bit of a transition from um, music to where you're doing a lot more acting. A lot more acting, yeah. Um, notably, Daystorm has been in epic rack battles of history, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Uh, as Mr. T, you've yeah. done that one. Yep. Um, you've got a series on YouTube called Caught. Caught um, series, I think yeah. you got an Emmy nomination for that one, right? Got the Emmy nomination last uh -huh. year. We have a new one, a new series called You Decide, which is, which is, um, how can I say, the Choose Your Own Adventure um, yeah. type I, series, I which is up for. Uh, another Emmy, Emmy nomination. Hopefully, we'll get the nod this year oh, as well. Oh, yeah, very so cool. That's kind of cool. Um, and then also, uh, you were on the reboot of Punk, right? You were the host. I was the host of, for on MTV. I, they took it over to BET. Oh, okay. And I was the host, and my co-host was King Batch. Okay. Very cool. So anyway, multi-talented artist. Obviously, do a lot of acting. Mm. Into a lot of music and stuff. Um, good at marketing. You've got your YouTube and. All that stuff, I'm, I'm sure you've got, you know, your Twitter and all those things. But um, how have you come to where you are now? Well, if I'm going to take it way back, I'm one of eight um, siblings. I have uh, seven I'm siblings. I'm one of eight. I'm sorry. So it's eight of us, <laughs> uh -huh. and I'm the middle child. My mother raised us in Baltimore. Oh, okay. So we didn't have, like, TV and all that type of stuff because we was, like, po-po. Like, no TV? No TV. See, I thought I was deprived because I grew up in Idaho with just the three channels, ABC, NBC, <laughs> I wish and I had ABC, NBC, <laughs> right. and CBS. No. So we didn't have that. So, so my mother, in, instead, she gave us, like, a lot of, like, puzzles and little things to figure out. That's yeah. why if you look at, like, my YouTube coming up, you saw I did a lot of, like, challenges and little... Yeah little brain games and things because that's like what i knew yeah so like and, and then i went to the school of the arts same school as like jada pickett and tupac shakur in baltimore school of the mm. arts so she sent me there off of a scholarship i think i drew i drew a picture for at the time i think it was jesse jackson or something and oh. i won a scholarship so i went to that school of so arts. you were you were you were good at drawing at that i was point. really yeah. good i was yeah. like 12 and okay. i was just drawing like things and then eventually i started drawing murals on like church walls and mosques and synagogues and things like that okay. so like the cool. last supper i was doing that type of stuff as a yeah. teenager so i was like Sweet. a really dope artist at the time and then from there i started i wanted to get into music so me and my brother we started like a rap group and we had the mall rapping and things <laughs> like that and eventually we came out with a song in baltimore when i was about 17 years old and then from there, my mother was like, well, if you can make it on the radio in Baltimore, go to New York. So I moved to New York when I was about 18, 19 years old. Wow. Uh, and um, I, actually, I had, I, had, I had my son when I was that age, too. Mm. So I was 18. I had my son. And I moved to New York because I was like, I got to make some money for this boy. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I got to New York, I started to work at a bunch of labels from Bad Boy to Universal Records to J Records. And then I eventually landed at Atlantic Records where I was a ghostwriter for a lot of artists. And you know, the 2000s. All right. So, so you were writing lyrics. I was writing lyrics for a lot of artists. Yeah. Very cool. And and then from there. So ghostwriter meaning you can't mention which artists these were. Yeah. 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 Back then. That's you can't, a bummer. <laughs> yeah. But these days they don't, it's, yeah. it doesn't really exist yeah, anymore. Yeah. It doesn't but, matter but Back much. then it was like NDA, all that kind of stuff. It yeah. doesn't matter. Like writers get so much credit. Like I'm a writer, you know? Yeah. But, um, but, but so from there I was also doing, um, fitness. I was running track, which, and I, 
when I finished my track career, I became a personal trainer. Uh-huh. And I put one of the women's, one of my, my clients' training sessions on, online. And okay. I put it on MySpace. Oh, but wow. She was Way old. Days. Right. So she was old and she didn't have MySpace. Uh-huh. So she was like, um, I can't look at this MySpace page. Can you put it somewhere else? And YouTube, it just came out. So I put her session on YouTube. And so she could see the workout. And, but then it started getting all these views and stuff. And I was like, wow, people from Germany are watching yeah. my YouTube video. Yeah. So from there, I started to look at other YouTubers at the time, like the early adapters. And I was like, I, I, I want to be a YouTuber. You all I have to do is add some personality. Uh-huh. So from there, in, in 2006, pretty much I transitioned from MySpace to YouTube and became a YouTube personality. Then from there, it was just like, okay. Here it is. So I started to do all of the YouTube and get into social media, you know, long ago. Very cool. Wow. So that's the, from music to becoming a YouTuber. And right. then from there, how did you like, well, I guess if you're on YouTube, you are doing some acting regardless, right? Well, yeah, I was, so I was you're acting, pretty much mm-hmm. acting on there. Then I was doing small sets, small scenes and, you know, shows and things. Law and orders and things like that, and and I, I, I was always into acting and things like, and we were doing a lot of acting. So you were going out for auditions and stuff here out. in Hollywood and all that. Well, I was or, in, uh, well, in, New in New York, right? New York, in mm-hmm. New York, and then I met with um, uh, Sarah Penna, who was uh, um, Joe Joe's uh, Miss Guitar Man's. Wife, oh wife yeah, now. yeah. Uh-huh. So she became my manager and said, "Why don't you move to L.A." And me and her, we had like a more of a partnership with the crew. And then we started, you know, Big Frame. Yeah. yeah. We started the company Big Frame. And then I started a subsidiary company because I wanted to be more entrepreneur. So I, I started Forefront TV, which I discovered a lot of talent under there from like Paige Kennedy, uh, King Batch. And, uh, you know, like a lot of the black creators came mm-hmm. up under my umbrella, um, but it didn't work. So that's when we took them to Vine in 2013. We started, we did, uh, we said me in King Batch to said, let's see if we can do a, a, a sketch in six seconds on this app because they were just doing selfies. So we did the very first sketch on Vine and it became a thing. Yeah, so we started, big time. Uh, big time. He actually has a Guinness World Record for the most followers on Vine. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So we started Vining in 2013 and then we did that for three years and the things went wrong with us in corporate over there. So we quit. When, then everybody dispersed to Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. And, you, know. you kind of saw the writing on the wall before it was there because Vine is now gone. It's gone. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. Well, rode the wave while you could, right? That's pretty cool. So that's pretty much the transition. And then cut to about a year, cut to 2018, we decided to start an SVOD, um subscription video on demand platform, Zeus. So we started the Zeus platform and it's doing very well now. There's a lot of people trying to get it from us. You ain't getting it yet. <laughs> so calm down. So, um, you know, we started. Maybe eventually. Maybe eventually. For the right price. <laughs> right. So we dropped, we, we launched in 2018. We dropped uh, 30 shows on Zeus. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's doing, I didn't know it was that big. Yeah. Zeus is doing doing really 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 well and yeah. um so from there it cut to today how, how much is the subscription on it uh it's 3.99 okay on zeus okay um but it's short form it's like a short form of netflix but we're not here to battle netflix of course but right it's just uh you know if you have some of your favorite creators on zeus just doing like shows premium content yeah in a, in a shorter form 15 and under very cool you're definitely an entrepreneur man Good for you. And then cut to today. I'm sitting here having this great meeting with you. We meet, we meet again. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So did you have any entrepreneurship blood in your family? 
Um, I, I, my mother always tried to start companies. She just didn't have the, the the money to do it. But she would always have like, oh, I got this idea. I'm about Doing to start this, this perfume okay. company. I'm like, so Mom, you got you got ten dollars. You ain't. <laughs> you know, that but that's a little bit where it comes right. from, huh? Mm-hmm. A little bit. That very. That's very cool. Yeah. So, um, then let's talk a little bit. Again, the podcast is called From Poop to Gold. Yep. So, a time in your life, if you can think of one, when you've had a really crappy situation, but you were in able to turn into something good or great oh i got plenty of those um there's this one situation where i was in new york city it was winter time february and i wanted to go back home i said i'm going back to baltimore it's not working out yep. you know you have that that moment in your life where you just you don't think you're going to make it yeah. and i was living in a sublet they had a, a site called sublet.com where you just sublease places and stuff yeah. you remember that and um I was done. I didn't. I got fired from Red Lobster. I got fired from the first label that I was working at because not because of me, but they had to let me go, and and I I couldn't eat. I couldn't do nothing. So I was just struggling. Eventually, I was living in my car. So I was living. I had a little '93 Eclipse at the time in New York. In New York, and then I went. I was singing in the subways. So I was one of the subway performers. Like with the hat out yeah, and everything. I had, the, I had like a box. Uh-huh. And I was, but yeah. I would go to like neighborhoods that no one knew who I was. And I'm like, you know, and I'm singing in the subways and rapping the subway so I can make money to yeah. eat. So I would get money for food and gas for the car. Yeah. And one day I was going home. I had my amp and my um, mic and I got home and some kids, I guess, burned the car. So oh I don't God. know. So I didn't have the car anymore. Like just burn the car to the ground. Right. So then eventually I'm at Hoyt Skimmerhorn uh, subway station. I'm living in the subway. So I was homeless. I'm like, whoa. Gosh. And my mother, I still had my cell phone. So it was a little brick phones. And my mother would call me up and she's like, how you doing? I said, mom, with Diddy right now. But I was like homeless. So eventually, <laughs> eventually Sprint, Sprint turns my phone off. So now I don't have a phone. So now I'm living in the subway. Just like, whoa, I became a homeless person. Oh, so, man. But during the transition of doing the the process this is like the um what's the movie the pursuit of happiness it's like the pursuit of happiness <laughs> i know seriously but during, during the process while i was singing in subways people were passing me their cards all the time and i didn't really pay attention to them because i'm giving them my demo this is back when it was yeah. cool to give out your demo so I'm giving them my demo and things like that so eventually i gave up and i told i, I was said i'm gonna go home i'm walking in the snow i had the bags around my feet just the old stereotype everything homeless oh, so i'm walking to the payphone to make a phone call and I bummed someone for money. I was like, hey, man, you got 35 cents so I can make a phone call? Gave me the money. I go to the phone, and the card, this card falls out of my pocket. So I'm like, should I call my brother and go home, or should I call the number on the card? Uh-huh. I call the number on the card. Yeah. I call the number on the card. Some dude named Jonathan Feingold, he answers the phone. He's like, hey. Well, his assistant. She's like, hey, stay storm. Well, how you doing? My boss really wants to meet you. And this is before I get all the heavy music and stuff that I talked yeah. about. And I was like, well, uh, okay, I can meet him right now. And then she's like, no, but he has to go to the Hamptons. I was like, well, I'm busy. So if he got to go to the Hamptons, I'm not going to be able to be. She's like, no, 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 no. I'll put him on the phone. He gets on the phone. I'm just You calling. played that hard yeah. even when you were like Even nothing. when I was down. So I called his bluff. He gets on the phone. He's like, hey, man. Because she was so excited. So he was like, hey, man, I really love your, your, your music. I think I get you some writing. You could do something for MTV, VH1, BET, and things like that. I could get you some placements. And uh, basically, you know, background music or play songs and TV shows. So I was like, um. If you want to meet me, then you got to meet me now because I got five meetings up here in Harlem. 
And then he was like, well, I got to go to the Hamptons. I said, all right, well, Jonathan, I'm sorry, man, because I didn't have anything to lose. He's like, no, no, I can meet you right now. Come on down to the Lower East Side. I didn't even have money to get on the subway. So I literally jumped over the turnstile, oh rode the subway God. down to the, the Lower East Side of, of, of New York, and I went to his place. And when I get in his place, he got plaques all over the wall. And I was like, this guy's legit. He's serious. And I'm in there looking like a bum. I only had two outfits, but I kept them clean. So I'm looking around in his, in his place, and he's like, rich, rich. And I'm like... So so he eventually was like, I could get you placements, this, that, and the other. I said, okay, cool. So um, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm broke, man. I, I've been living on the streets. I've been homeless, man. If you really believe in me, man, then you cut me a check. And he cut me a check on the spot. And he literally wrote me a check. It wasn't a lot. But I went from a sub, I went to a, um, I went from a hostel, and then I went from hostel to an apartment. Then from an apartment, I met my a girlfriend at the time, and me and her got a place together at a loft, and then I got my own place. And then eventually I started doing the music for, background music for MTV, and I did some stuff for like, you know, a lot of shows on there. And then that's when I started working out all the labels I was telling you about. So it was like from poop to gold. <laughs> and I was like, Seriously. Yeah, so it was, it was, it was a journey. Have you told that story in a video? I haven't told it in a video. Um, but I, well, yeah, I think on the draw my life, I did a draw my life and I told like, I told some of that story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Years ago, but I got to update my draw my life. Yeah, man. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's such a great story. Well, thank you for sharing that. So I was going to ask what you've sacrificed to get here, but that's, that's pretty plain. You sacrificed everything. Oh, a lot. And yeah. I had a son at the time. He didn't even know his little lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, so when you were in New York, when that, all that was going down, was your son with you? He would, no. So my sisters, I have four sisters. Okay, So yeah. what I did was when that was going down, I had my son staying with them. But he okay. would, when he would come to New York, he didn't stay with me during that project. That was for three months. Okay. And for that three months, he stayed in, in Maryland with my family. Oh, okay. But when everything was better, like when I was working Red Lobster or whatever, yeah. working at IHOP, waiting tables and things like that, he was with me. Okay. And then he moved back when I started to get it all back together. Yeah. You but I lied to my sisters. I was like, no, we got to go on tour. <laughs> Damn tour. Oh, my gosh. Man, <laughs> you, you just had to make it work one way or another. Huh? I finessed the whole situation. Uh, yeah, you did. Okay. So talk to me now a little bit about kind of your creative process. Like, how do how do ideas come to you? Obviously, you've got a lot of ideas as an entrepreneur, right? But also, like for content creation, mm-hmm. um, how much does that involve collaborating with other people? I'm assuming you have a team around you and stuff now. Um, I have a team of creators around me. I, I've never really had like a big production team unless okay. I'm working on a big production. Yeah. Um, a lot of the ideas for myself, and I'm not not to brag, but a lot of ideas for myself and a lot of my my you know creative people around me. I just Give I, I don't know it just flows so I give them ideas mm. so a lot of my circle like even their videos they were like hey man uh, can you punch this up we call them punch ups yeah so I just punch that video yep. up it's very similar to what we have right so you punch it up you give mm-hmm. them and then um, me and my boy Fonz they call us the punch brothers yeah. so if someone has is, is lost with an idea they're like yo call the punch brothers they call us up hey man we got this idea for this brand can you give us a punch up so they call us up we give them an idea so um but a lot of it comes from the people I like to stay current what's going on yeah. I follow um. What the high schoolers are doing. Yeah. I don't really care what middle school kids, students are doing because middle school students want to be like high yeah, schoolers. Yeah, they're just trying to figure life out. So they're trying to figure it out. But high schoolers, they have to be cool. Yes. Because, and if they're on something, if they're on a new platform or an app or if they're using a new trinket or gadget, it's because they're doing it out of coolness. Not because they have to buy Because when you get to college, you're paying again for books 
or when you're like me, you know, in my thirties, you know, mm -hmm. I'm 36. So when you're my age, you know, like I have bills to pay. Yeah. So I'm going to get on something like that. I have to, it has to benefit me. Yeah. But for high school kids, then nothing has to benefit them. They, they, they got, the boys want to show off for the girls and the girls want to be, you know, the, the, the fly. So whatever high school kids are on, I know it's going to do well. Yeah. So if like when like for example when TikTok or Vine came out, I knew they would do well because the high school kids were on it. Yeah, not middle school, not college. That that yeah. one area of high school, not even freshmen. If it's juniors, sophomores, seniors, if they're on it, it's popping. So I follow what they do, and they they continue to keep me like current with the language. They keep me the lingo. They keep me current with what's going on, and it helps that my son is is in that bracket. I was going to ask, how do you get in with them? You can't just like walk into it, or do you just walk into high schools and be like, hey, what's going on? What do no, you, I mean, what do you got on your phone? Hey, look, check this out, man. I'm coming through right now. No, my son's in that bracket. All of his friends are like within that bracket as well, and it, it also helps that. Um, to, I just watch some of the, you know, like what they're doing on YouTube mm -hmm. and what are the challenges or whether it yeah. be. Yeah, oh, okay. So you're watching the content they're creating. The, I'm watching the, their, their, their content and, you know, just to see what's up. Because eventually you get dated. Yep. And you want to stay fresh. And I also, another thing I do is I continue to expand on all of my platforms. So I'll, I, I call it, I do it by seasons. So like YouTube will be. For winter season. Then I go yeah. to Instagram for this season. So that way I can have 10 million followers on Facebook, come back 5 million on Instagram, come back 5 million on YouTube. That way you're hitting, because every audience is a niche and different audience. Yep. What you do on Facebook doesn't work on YouTube. Right. What you do on YouTube doesn't work on Twitter and Twitter doesn't work on Instagram. Instagram doesn't work on TikTok. It's different. Yep. So you have to reach all of these, these pods of audiences like that. And that way you'll know you expand. So I, I'm walking through the supermarket and they're like, man, I love your TikToks. Then I'll go down the street. I love your YouTube. I go up there, man, you funny on Twitter. So I'm just, the audience is so much more global when you're on everything as opposed to just focusing on one. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You have to diversify, especially because if a platform changes something, you need some time, you need something else to kind of hold you up. Cause they you change. adjust to that change. Oh, they, yeah. They'll change on you. Oh quick. yeah. Yeah, they don't care. And they'll shut you down. Uh huh. And you're like, whoa, but it doesn't affect them. I've seen people just crash oh, because, yeah. oh my God, Instagram's down. Oh my God, YouTube yeah. just changed the platform and this, that, and the other. So then they're, they're complaining and you see them on Twitter just, just like their life is over and I'm just chilling. Yeah. Not only because I have my own company, but beyond that, I'm just like, I'm, I'm large everywhere else. So I don't really care. When it comes back, it comes back around. It's not my company. I can't tell them what to do. That's right. That's right. Very cool. Um, so. What about networking with people? Like, how do you, how, how do you go about like finding um, these different creators and stuff that you that you bring into into it's uh, Zeus, right? Zeus. Well, I think back in the day, I used to just go out and and go to every event and things. Now I'm more of a closed, you know, because I'm because I've grown so much through the years. Yeah. And, you know, I, my phone is always going to ring. I mean, yeah. we get calls from traditional to social. I mean, we get calls from the biggest actors to, I mean, you know, back even when we were on Vine, just, we, you know, Justin Bieber, we were working with him, Floyd Mayweather, it doesn't matter. Whoever it is, we wanted, we were working with Ray J, they would call us up and we would just work with them, you know, because of how large our audience was in our space. When you run the space, people are going to reach out to you. Back in the day, though, it was different. I had yeah. cards, I had clever ways, I showed up. I remember there was an event called 789. In New York, um, it was way back in the day, and I and I knew all the big YouTubers would be there. Uh -huh. And um, poop the gold moment. And um, <laughs> I um, 
I said, Tim De La Ghetto, Shea Carl, all Wait, these guys are going to yeah. be there. Make me bad. Uh, Red and Link. I said, I, um, and I said, I got to make a song. I know music and they don't do music. So that night, I literally put together a song called The Seven. You can, find, you can check it out on YouTube. It's old school now. But I made a song that night, ran to 789. I got all the big YouTubers in my video because I knew that they would, everyone relates to music. Yeah. So I had them singing a song called I'm Almost Famous, and they all were singing the Almost Famous record. So when I put it on YouTube, they all shared it. Yeah. I got so many followers and network. That was a networking moment. Yeah. And I got so many followers from that. And that was one of the moments that really kind of blew me up on YouTube. Because yeah. I was taking advantage of every event or every moment. Now I don't, I don't grind as hard in that aspect. Right. The creative aspect, the entrepreneurial aspect, aspect I do grind in. But when right. it comes to networking, I don't really have to because yeah. the flow comes to you. It comes, yeah, it comes yeah. this way. Yeah, it's very cool. Yep. I, we we understand that transition where <laughs> you're out pounding the pavement for a while, but then once you've proved yourself and stuff starts to come to you and it's more of like okay what opportunities am i, right. I going to go with right? Right, 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 right as opposed right. to having to go out and yeah. chase them as much and if people know your brand and yeah. they know like for years i had a good clean strong solid creative and respectable brand you yeah. know and and people know that if i put out a piece of content and i i'd like to you know um hold myself honorable to this when i put out a good piece of content I try to make it greatest, no matter how many views it gets or not. I want it to be the best because some people just do stuff just for views or they'll do stuff just to have a piece of content out. But I don't I never was that guy. Like if you look at any piece of content I ever put out, I make sure it's the best in that world, you know, because I want people to be very impressed by it. Yeah. So I'll go above and beyond. That's awesome. Well. Thank you so much for joining us, Daystorm. This yeah, has been a lot of fun. It's been really, um, really cool to get to know your backstory. Very inspiring to go literally from homeless to, you know, to gold. I'm here. And you're here. But um, we've got a little gift here for you okay. from our clients. I love it. things there. And then um, this is our book from Poop to Gold as well. Got it. I love it. It talks about um, the culture at Harmon Brothers of creative culture creative processes and creative partnerships. So goes into depth on that. But Thank you so much. And I'm a, I'm a big reader, so I'm going to read the book and, awesome. and check it out. And I'll, I'll just email you or go call you and let you know what I thought of it. That'd be awesome. All right. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank well, you. Thank you guys for, for watching, for listening. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. All that good stuff. And turn on your post notifications. <laughs> Is that what they That's say? Right. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Thank you for the reminder, Daystorm. <laughs> um, where where should they look you up if they want to find I, uh, you? Where, where, do, where do you want our audience to go to? They could go to... Uh, I started a new couples YouTube channel with my girlfriend. We, it's called The Powerhouse. So I'm, I'm, that's where I'm focused right now. Okay. I'm not focused on Zeus. I'm not focused on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, nothing. Okay. Just The Powerhouse right now. Okay. Like I said, it's seasons. Thepowerhouse.com? Or it's just on, on YouTube. Oh, just on YouTube. It's so a YouTube, YouTube channel. The Powerhouse. The Powerhouse. The Powerhouse. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, go to his focus. Go to my focus. (laughs) There you go. His next thing. So awesome. Thank you, guys. We'll see you on the next one.